Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we have back Lisa Coons, the Director of 24-7 Prayer USA. Thanks for tuning in today. If you're new to the podcast, the Presence Pioneers podcast exists to equip presence-centered Christian communities to worship and pray night and day. And so this is for worshipers and intercessors, lovers of Jesus, leaders who are involved in houses of prayer and communities of worship and prayer, praying churches. And so if you're a part of a community like that, then I think this podcast would help you and help your community. So please share this with them. Uh, and any way that you can stay engaged with us, if you can if you can like and comment, review, share these episodes and this podcast, it'll help us uh, get the word out. It'll help strengthen the prayer movement. More people can experience Jesus. And that's what we want. So be sure to subscribe if you're not. And uh, you can visit our website at presencepioneers.org and find all of our previous episodes and more information up there. All right, Lisa, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here again. <laughs> well, on the last episode, if anyone, anyone missed it, please go back and check that out. We did a great dive into prayer, the 24-7 prayer movement, some history, as well as just a lot of good practical encouragement, suggestions on how to pray creatively, and enjoy prayer more, the value of praying even when it's not enjoyable, and those kinds of things. So be sure to go check that out. Just some really gold gold stuff there, really helpful. So we're, we're going to dive in today, maybe, maybe shift the conversation a little bit. With 24-7 prayer, the tagline is prayer, mission, and justice. And so uh, we talked a lot about prayer on the previous episode. Talk to us a little bit. Let's start with mission and justice and how those connect in with the prayer movement for you guys. We just had Jonathan Tremaine Thomas on the podcast recently, and he was talking about you know righteousness and justice as the foundation of God's throne, it says in the scriptures. And so you have righteousness, which is kind of this internal, I would say, connected more to mission. We want to see people come to know Jesus. Uh, have their hearts transformed, and then justice, which is this external transformation of the world around us as well. So I kind of see a connection there. But talk to us about mission and justice and prayer. How do those things play out for you guys? Prayer is breathing in. Mission and justice is breathing out. Mm. The prayer birth, the prayer movement will always birth a sending movement. Yes. That's how, that's the trajectory that it's meant to be. And, and, and so there's this idea that as we enter the place of, place of prayer, uh, that we come out of it um, having birthed a desire to help other people encounter the God that we've, the God of the gospel, that wild Nazarene Jesus, the, the redemption and the salvation that he brought. Prayer is meant to birth a sending movement, both in our own hearts and in, and in our world. And prayer is also meant to birth in the hearts of those who pray a desire to become the answer to some of those prayers. You know, most prayerless, you and I talk about how we're fans of prayerless, uh, most prayerless are chocked full of um, 
things that are broken in the lives of people we know and in systems and in cities. It's just chocked with brokenness. And this idea that God's response would be to, to come in and start to make right, start to fix these places of brokenness, bring his right uh, judgments into these places that need mercy and need justice. And since we're his hand and feet, we're his body in the earth, his reply is going to predominantly come through us. And so prayer births ascending movement and this ascending movement begins to work down in the places of darkness and the places of brokenness in their corner of the world. So we just see a natural, a natural progression of prayer, mission, and justice. The idea that it would just be prayer and that's it um, only tells half the story of what's on God's heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does that look like for you guys? I know people set up prayer rooms, you know, you're connected to people all over the United States that are hosting, you know, prayer rooms, permanent prayer rooms, temporary prayer rooms. How does that mission and justice piece play out? What are some things you're seeing or what's ha- what have you guys done in Charlotte? Is, is that just kind of, I mean, I assume there's some ways you guys do that collectively. It's not just, oh, well, people are going to be in a prayer room and they, when they leave, they're going to maybe, maybe do some good deeds, but there's probably some initiatives and some practical things that happen. What are, what are some ways that you've seen that play out, you know, either in Charlotte or in other places around the U.S.? Well, there are two types of prayer rooms within the 24-7 prayer movement. Um, one is temporary prayer rooms. That's people in groups of all kinds and sizes, churches of all kinds and sizes, that says we're going to we're going to take a week or a month or a weekend and, and do nonstop prayer. They, they clear out a space or a room or a janitor's closet and fill it with creativity and steam stations. And people sign up for hour long slots and lock themselves in along with God to see what happens. And they pray for their city and for their world. The second type of prayer room is permanent prayer room, which is what we have here in Charlotte, which is certainly full of creativity and certainly full of stations and color. Um, but uh, it's 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 a place where people can come in anytime during the day um, and just walk in on their own fruition and and we have an extraordinary amount of people that actually come in and counter the presence of God, the story of the gospel, and give their hearts and lives to God there. And so the prayer right. rooms, both the t- per- the temporary ones and the permanent ones, are a place that births um, new life without the presence of a person talking about the gospel from a stage or their friend talking to them about it from across a coffee table. So So people actually come into the prayer room and and accept Jesus just in the prayer room. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. All of the contents testify to who he is and his goodness. It's hard not to want to invite that guy to come into your life and practice some of that goodness on your place of some brokenness. And uh, and because of the style of, of how we communicate the gospel, um, that it's lively, it's vibrant, it's the language of the culture, it is it's through visual arts, audiovisual, and, and great music. And people just discover that God's not an old fuddy-duddy sitting up in heaven waiting to condemn them for their last mistakes, that it occurs <laughs> to them that God could actually be different than who they originally thought he was. And so with open heart and a presence-soaked environment, we just experience a lot of a lot of people coming to Christ for the first time throughout our movement. But we view mission as anything from evangelism, 
all the way through uh, all manner of spiritual formation. And while if you go on our international and our national website, you'll under missions, you'll see things related to mission teams going into the worst uh, inner cities in the United States and going into the borders um, of the United States where refugee issues are, are primed and internationally you'll see us going into hot spots um, and we refer to those as mission teams but re- really ideally missions is all the things that relate to evangelism and spiritual formation and so you'll also see a lot on our various websites just around spiritual practices for people to pick up to to help um, set the the relational journey and the transformational journey to set that on tracks to keep them growing on the justice piece um, we're we're really big on justice one for a purely selfish reason and another for a non-selfish reason the selfish okay. reason we're big on justice is because we're people of prayer and we're people of prayer that have a heart to see effectiveness in our prayers. And God, in several places in Scripture, the storyline that he was writing for us that would eventually canonize and become the Old Testament and the New Testament, he spends a decent amount of time hanging around this concept that if you want to be more effective, both in your prayer life, in your relationship with me, and an impact with those around you, that he invites us to come away into the most broken places and to have encounters and relationship and interaction with some of the most marginalized and vulnerable people that he has himself partnered the effectiveness of our prayer life. He has partnered it to our interaction with the marginalized, the weak, and the poor. He said wow. himself, he, he told a group of people who I want to be like, who, who were coming to God, who were giving God their issues, who were inviting God to weigh in on stuff, who were praying great things for their neighborhood and for their nation. The Israelites, he was saying, you come to me like a people who want me involved in things. You want me to answer prayer. But when you fast, the truth is you get mad at me because you're irritable because you're fasting. And you, you complain that I'm not answering your prayers all that months, that Bessie's still sick and that this place over here is still broken and that you still have lack. And instead of sending word that, oh, he's going to just swoop down and meet those needs, he says the reason that you can't operate in the level of efficacy and prayer that you want, that I want, that I've promised to you, is not because you need to pray more, it's that it's that you need to actually head down the streets that you've been avoiding, that you've mm-hmm. cocooned your life to avoid. I actually need to send you into those places that as you interact and bring justice and bring mercy and compassion into some of the most vulnerable people and places, that that's actually what's going to release me to give you more authority so that I can respond. And he described how he would respond. He said, if you act right like that, when you say, God, my response will be, here I am with you. And we find that storyline in Isaiah 58. And so the selfish reason is that that justice and efficacy in prayer are tied together. That the most powerful prayers that get the most response from God in in a most timely fashion are prayed by those people whose hearts are surrendered to him and by a people group who are working in the marginalized and poor to bring the thy kingdom come into those darkest places. That's the first selfish reason. And the second self, the second reason is purely on God's side. It's God's heart bursts 
to bring light to places of darkness, to bring rightness to places of brokenness, that the anointing is upon the church to bind up the brokenhearted, to preach and to communicate to the poor what God's heart is like. And, and so just as people being sent, people of prayer, prayer movement versus the sending movement, people being sent, that God will always send his people to do justice in the earth. And so our, the 24-7 prayer movement, that art pages and invitations and resources to on-ramp people into lives doing mercy and justice, that our pages are just as significant and just as full of content as the resources we offer on prayer because we see this, this prayer and mission and justice working together. That's amazing. No, that's good. And it goes right along with some of the things that JT Thomas shared on some previous episodes. If any of you are watching and haven't seen those, definitely go back and check those as well, because he dives into to some of those same topics. And uh, I think God is just really, really highlighting that in a fresh way for a lot of people right now that, uh, that we can't just pray, but we've also got to engage as well. Uh, and, and in order to, to, to see the answers to our prayers uh, that he's going to use the church. That's that's how he move how he moves in in response to our prayers. So that's amazing. What are uh, do you have any uh, do you have any cool testimonies of of things that you've seen happen uh, in Charlotte or in other places as people start to you know any specific stories of of cool stuff God's done uh, that might would encourage people. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media. Dot presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Sure. When we opened our prayer room, we had had it open for a little under a year when, when we started to uh, effort justice. We, we put the prayer room, we leased space right in between corporate America and the hood. 
our, you know, our couple of thousand square feet was right in between there. So when you walk out our door, you've got the beautiful skyline of then we were the second largest banking center, just a beautiful city skyline of all these steel and glass edifices. And right in front of you was the hood with houses falling down. There were there were transvestite hookers on, on the corner. You could see just a block away. There were drug dealers openly doing drugs. If you just look down the other block to the left we were we were right in the middle and so our first uh, justice project as it were that we we decided we were going to adopt the fragile inner city neighborhood that our prayer room which was planted in and so we invited our friends and a couple of churches that were part of denominations that weren't speaking to one another that were at <laughs> war with one another we invited them to to join us in the trenches for a year just to adopt this fragile inner city neighborhood and to pray as if it all depended on God and work as if it all depended on us until the tide turned and, and we believed in something called uh, relational hospitality as an extraordinary extraordinary missional thing. And we, we've sent them into the neighborhood. We, our first justice project was about 300 volunteers. We told them to go and meet the neighbors learn their story, uh, learn about their kids, understand their struggles, struggles, talk together and discern from God what good he wanted them to do in the lives of those people. Uh, we, we, we gave them this mandate that God was going to do um, mutual transformation, that it wasn't a group of people to go do good on these poor people who needed it, that right. we were all poor people who needed it, and there was going to be mutual transformation that God was going to do on both our hearts in the process and be on the lookout yeah. for it. And so we patched holes and patched plumbing and did many extreme home makeovers and took donuts and sat on porches and, and uh, created a neighborhood association, and which is just the the help them get their finances in order, put Bible studies in the community, did seasons of nonstop prayer, help people get attached to government resources, just a whole host of things in the context of relationships. And while the neighborhood was starting to look better and the racial issues were starting to be addressed um, as we brought in mostly white people into a black neighborhood, specifically for that reason, to see what it looked like to have God help address these issues. God got on the move. And it ended up that more was patched than holes in floors and roofs, that people were getting born again. There was a crazy amount of healings, that racial inequities were being addressed in the context of, of uh, relationships and friendships being established. The, the crack house that had dominated the neighborhood, that thing was shut down by the time we moved out. The transvestite awesome. and prostate hookers would actually be invited into the prayer room. We'd give them coffee. We'd say some prayer for them to be safe. Some of them became born again. Some of them dif- different, but they came away with a new perspective on who the church was and who God was. But one of the things that we really found fascinating was that we were pretty much flying by the seat of our pants. We were wet behind our ears. But every justice project that we did from that one to the one next year to the following year, that in the following year when a quality of life report came out on that neighborhood, they were no longer considered fragile 
inner city neighborhood that were That's trending awesome. upwards or they were stable. I mean, it's just incredible that God improved the quality of life for the whole neighborhood to such a degree that when the when the uh, researchers and the statistician wonks came in, they're like, this neighborhood isn't fragile anymore. These people are not doing bad at all. We have to change change the trajectory. So it was wow. just an amazing time. And all we did was was go in with open hearts and gave God our resources and ask him to tell us which one he wanted us to share with the people in the neighborhood. And we prayed. Yeah, <laughs> that is amazing. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I, you know, I think people are going to probably be stirred here in some of these stories. How are some ways that people can engage in the 24-7 prayer movement you know, give us a couple couple bullet points. Can people, you know, host a prayer room in their city? You know, can they engage in, in, in different initiatives, that kind of thing? Give us a couple ways people can connect with you guys. We always want to encourage people to, um, to host a prayer room. You can host a prayer room with a couple of your derelict buddies. With, uh, yeah. with with your students, with your you know, with your campus friends, with your marketplace um, collaborators and cohorts, you can certainly do it as a church. But you don't have to be a church. You can clear out a closet. You can clear out a space in the garage. You can clear out an office in a building. You can clear out a place in a church. Um, and you can go on the 247prayer.com website and get a ton of resources. You can pick the ones that you like best to help you fill the room with creativity. We'll even give you the, the sign-up thing online. We'll take care of all the administrative stuff for you. All you have to do is cast vision around how crazy God can be when we are willing to lock ourselves in a room, in a 24-7 prayer, prayer room collectively and, and see what happens. Um, it's really simple. It's much easier than you think. And you'll understand why people still keep registering prayer rooms. And we still keep hearing crazy stories about God on the move in the hearts of people. So always we want to encourage you to register a prayer room, even if it's just for a weekend. If you yeah. sign up for hour-long slots for, for 24 hours or 48 hours, to get in there and try this thing out and see what all the fuss is about. That's the first thing. The yeah. second thing is, if you go on the 247prayer.com website or 247prayerusa.com website, we give you a lot of different ways to unwrap mission and justice into your life. We have a good amount of initiatives that we're rolling out this year to help average Shane and Joe's just sort of take the leap to go a little further in uh, loaning their resources and their time and their hearts to do mission and justice in their world. But we feel like it all starts with just praying around yeah. issues of mission and justice. But as a movement, we have a ton of resources. 99% of them are free. We give them away to help fuel the fire, to get you out in, in, in places praying and out in your city doing some good. That's amazing. We will uh, put a link in the show description to the global 24-7 site as well as the USA site so people can, can check in with that. Uh, you guys are hosting a national gathering in Portland Mm-hmm. Over the summer, is that right? Are people invited to that? We are inviting everyone who has wanted to learn more about our movement, who has heard stories about our movement, who wants to dock into our movement, who wants to find out um, ways that our movement can help them pray or help release the virus of, of prayer and of nonstop or night and day prayer in their corner of the world. And w- with prayer movements such as ours, we're all pals. We're happy to send you to the burn and send you yeah. over to Awaken and send you, send you over to any place that's going to be a good fit to help you develop your prayer life and begin to 
do acts of mission and justice in your own hometown. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll find a link to that and stick that in the show notes too. People can stay connected. Lisa, thank you again. It's been amazing. It was fun, wasn't it? it was totally yeah. So fun. good. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in again today. Uh, please share this episode. If you enjoyed it with your friends or on social media, be sure to subscribe and check out our website at presencepioneers.org to stay connected with us. Thanks so much. God bless.